It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. West Farm Report. Well, if you're outside this morning, good chance you're getting all wet because a lot of rain falling around the area. Not everybody getting all at the same time, but lots of folks. Quite a light show. Buffalo, Pepin County earlier this morning and around here was quite a light show. And it looks like uh, there'll be more rain moving through the area today. It looks like kind of a wet week, to tell you the truth. Not a lot of wheels probably going to be turning this week, as uh, we still haven't had a hard frost. As it looks like uh, here at the shank of the day, we're 40s and 50s. Madison, Milwaukee, they're in the 60s this morning. Some folks might see 70 today for a high temperature. It's a very interesting weather week. When are we going to see our first hard frost? Maybe, I don't know, next Sunday night, Monday night, get down to 26, 27, something like that. So uh, unusual weather so far. No hard frost yet in the area. Bob and Jill with you this morning as we've got chores to do. How was the drive-in for you this morning? It was not raining, but oh, boy, it wasn't. not when I came in, but the lights in the sky... And the thunder and the lightning, wow, that really lights everything up. So you did get to, you did get some moisture this morning. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we did. I know I did. I just didn't check the rain gauge. You slept through it all night? You didn't hear the rain and the thunder and no, lightning? I heard it, but I don't get up with it because oh, I man. know that I'm but... safe in my house. <laughs> I was wondering for a while what, uh, what was going on. Uh, well, we're going to take a look at uh, cattle prices, something that will... Put a smile on the face of uh, Joe at the Welke Land and Cattle Company and other cattle producers that are selling cattle into the market. We'll take a look at uh, eggs. How many eggs were being led? Those numbers always amaze me, don't they, you? They do. They do. And actually, something I found interesting is they're actually up 3% per hen. So those hens are getting more productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're getting a lot of eggs out there. The eggs shouldn't be short. And I haven't heard much as far as uh, I know earlier, I don't know, a few weeks ago you had a story out when I was gone. I heard it about uh, the uh, bird flu. Minnesota, South Dakota had some of the birds fly south now. So hopefully uh, not a real problem. Yep, Utah, Minnesota, they had uh, found in their tur- some of their turkey yeah. birds. All right. So, uh, again, there's uh, lots to talk about this morning. We're also, uh, you had a chance to talk to some of the royalty from the Northern Wisconsin State Fair yesterday. I did. I had um, Fairs to the Fairs, Hannah Tambernino and Abby, and the attendant, Abby, um, Allie Layman, come in yesterday mm-hmm. morning, right at 6 o'clock. So kudos for them for getting up nice yeah. and early. And they'll give you a little bit. We'll have an update later on about uh, yep. selecting the new royalty. Yep. Their applications are due on Friday, and they're having the gala. And the gala is for the whole community to come out and see the choosing of the next Fairs to the Fairs for the Northern Wisconsin oh. State Fair. Sounds good. Sounds good. You going to see that program or what? 
I am not because I won't even be back yet. Oh, you're going to be what down in uh, Indianapolis? Yeah, I'll be on my way back. When are you leaving for the National FFA convention, which is the first three or four or five days in November? I'm leaving on Sunday, the right. 29th. All right, so that's coming up too. Also got the rundown, and it's a very comprehensive rundown of uh, World Dairy Expo. And I always like to look at these numbers and let's share them with the international attendees. 2,915 registered. How many countries do you think were represented at World Dairy Expo this year? 36. Try again. <laughs> 52. Try again. <laughs> More than that? 100. Wow. 100 countries. Of course, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Germany, the Netherlands, besides the U.S., were the top represented countries here. And I looked at the list. They put the list of countries in here, and I recognize every country but one. Not that I can tell you a lot of history or necessarily identify them on the map. I could get a lot of them, but uh, not all of them. The only country that I've never heard of is, and I don't know how to pronounce this right, Benin, B-E-N-I-N. Have you ever heard of that country? I know somebody with that last name is Benin. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> I have no idea where yeah, Benin is. I've never heard of it before, but Benin was one of the counties, or one of the countries, represented at World Dairy Expo. I mean, and otherwise, you've got countries from all over the world, obviously, with 100 participating companies in the trade show. This is interesting, too, at World Dairy Expo. 563 companies from how many countries do you think the commercial exhibitors came from? This, I think, is an interesting number, too. Bigger than I thought. 152. No, no, no. <laughs> 152. 26. 26. Bray, I mean, you got to bring in your, your equipment, your information, and everything else. That's a long jaunt for some of these companies to come from 26 countries, including seven Canadian provinces and 39 states. So, again, it's really interesting. New, new companies participating this year, 69. So it's, so it's really growing. Number of dairy cattle housed on the grounds, 2,571. 1,804 exhibitors representing 36 United States, five Canadian provinces, and even from Italy. Now, I'm sure that was ownership, and the cows are kept in North America. But uh, the biggest, nobody from Nevada or New Mexico or down south, Louisiana, Georgia, Mississippi, those states didn't show up. 283 Ayrshires, 374 Brown Swiss, 222 Guernseys, 460 Holsteins, uh, 274 in the Junior Holstein Show, 399 Jerseys, 234 Milking Shorthorns, and 350 Red and White Cattle. And I remember a few years ago, there wasn't even a red and white show. Now, 351. So, very well represented. It's uh, just a wealth of information here. And again, uh, we'll share more of that with you. But again, some of the some of the numbers that even surprised me. And if anybody knows where Benin is, or B-E-N-I-N is this, how you spell that country, I have no idea where it is. But, uh, you know. It's actually a country in West Africa. It is, huh? It is a country in West Africa. Okay. Which I find interesting to come all the way over to World Dairy Expo. Well, a lot of African countries. I mean, uh, Ghana and Nairobi, Nigeria, they're all, a lot of them are here. So it's a, it's always an interesting show to look at the badges when people walk by and uh, where they are from. It's, uh, it's a remarkable, 
remarkable crowd that comes to World Dairy Expo, and quite a show it is always. All right, we got some rain out there. What else? We'll talk about it. We'll let you know what's going on. Farm Report. Kind of a rainy period of rain today. We're getting it right now, along with some lightning and a few other things. Uh, 67 going to be the high. Some folks probably going to see 70 as we're, what, 23rd, 24th of, what is the 24th of uh, October? Some folks probably going to see 70. Down to 54 overnight. Cloudy tomorrow. Rain likely on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and Sunday. Again, not real heavy chances all those times off and on. And maybe Sunday night, the first frost. Sunday's high is only going to be about 40 degrees. And then Sunday night, Get uh, probably down into the 20s. Probably be about 32 on Saturday night going into Sunday. But uh, coldest is going to be Sunday night. And uh, it's time for a frost out there, no question. 51 degrees right now. It's on a rainy Tuesday morning at Wax. Again, about 51 out there right now. We're going to get some rain today. Already gotten some with some uh, light out there. Lots of lightning this morning. About 67 the high today. Some folks are going to see 70. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire News Time. NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. Two more hostages have been released by the Palestinian militant group Hamas. Mark Mayfield has the details. Hamas claimed it released the hostages on Monday on humanitarian grounds, but Israeli officials say it was only an attempt to delay a possible ground invasion. The hostages were identified as two elderly Israeli women. Their release follows the release of two American hostages on Friday. Israeli officials report Hamas is holding more than 200 people hostage as fighting between the two sides continues. Former President Obama says an Israeli ground invasion of the Gaza Strip could backfire if Palestinian civilians aren't protected. Obama warned on Monday that a devastating attack could further harden Palestinian attitudes for generations. He also called on people to reject the, quote, morally bankrupt suggestion that any cause can somehow justify the deliberate slaughter of innocent people. The House is hearing from eight candidates for speaker as the race enters a third week. Here again is Mark Mayfield. A speaker forum was held Monday night to hear from those who filed to run with an internal election on Tuesday. Pennsylvania Representative Dan Muser dropped out Monday night. Vice Chairman of the House GOP Conference Mike Johnson said it may be a long day, but asked my reporters how things may shake out on Tuesday. Some United Auto Workers Union members want leader Sean Fain to show solidarity and accept the same $500 pay they are receiving during the walkout. The union says Fain will continue to be paid his salary, estimated to be above 200000 That is outlined in the union's constitution. Meanwhile, the UAW is expanding its strike once again against the big three automakers. Workers at a Stellantis plant in Detroit are hitting the picket line. You're listening to NBC News Radio. West Farm Report. 13 first alert weather. Rain today. High about 67. Tonight down to 54. Tomorrow cloudy and 63. And rain likely again on Thursday. Chances of rain again Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as temperatures really going to cool off. 67, maybe 70 in some places today. 60s Wednesday and Thursday, 51 on Friday, 41 on Saturday, 40 on Sunday. And as we said, Sunday going into Monday morning could be the first hard frost. I think uh, Saturday night into Sunday we'll get well, about 30, 32, something like that. But uh, down into the 20s it looks like. 
coming up Sunday into Monday. Right now, it's pretty nice. Rice Lake, Medford, Wausau, 49 degrees. 52 in Marshfield, 59 in La Crosse, 55 over at Green Bay. Madison, 61. Milwaukee at 64, and it's 51 right outside our back door this morning as we're five and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. Midwest Farm Report. Remember growing up, PCA? Remember the term and the initials PCA when growing up? No. Production Credit Association, okay. which turned into Ag Country and Compere and others around the country, but now it's the Positive Coaching Association, which uh, also stands for a good organization, but PCA. All right, let's take a look at the markets. Jill, how do we start the week with the cash livestock? Choice fed beef steers are 173 to 187 with mixed at 172 and down. Choice fed beef heifers are 173 to 186 with mixed heifers at 115 to 172. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 157 to 184. Choice fed Holstein steers are 154 to 168 with select and silage fed steers 128 to 153. Cows are 74 to 91 with a top of 120. Bulls are 110 to 125. Butcher hogs are 30 to 78. Sows are 26 to 34 with boars at 13 to 18. New crop market lambs are 150 to 183. Feeder lambs are 95 to 220. Use are thirty to one thirty. Small goats are five to one hundred sixty-five dollars. Medium goats are ten to two hundred dollars. Large goats are eighty-five to four hundred eighty-five dollars. With nanny goats at twenty-five to two hundred eighty dollars. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures mostly lower yesterday. October live cattle closed one seventy-eight twenty-five, down six dollars and two cents. Boy, these are the biggest drops I've talked about, and I don't ever remember being this high. Wait till we get to feeder cattle. December live cattle, 178.35, down 6.27. February, 180.97, down 6.75. And April live cattle, 183.72, down 6.70. And looking at uh, feeder cattle, November, 235.80, down $6.42. January, 235.70, down 7.35. March, also down 7.35 at 238.37. April feeder cattle down seven ten, two hundred forty two dollars and eighty cents. Hogs, they were mostly lower. However, December contracts were higher. December hogs sixty six seventeen. That was up seventeen. February lean hog carcass contracts at seventy twenty. That was down twenty two. April seventy six sixty down thirty. And May hogs eighty two forty seven down fifteen. On the board of trade, the market was lower yesterday. Brazil, good planting progress than the crop that's going in the ground right now. Also, the harvest pressure continues. And overnight, after yesterday's day trade, overnight, December corn down another two cents, sitting at 487 this morning. Oats at 385. December wheat down three at 584. November soybeans down a penny. Now at 1285. Soybean meal for December down $2.10 a ton. $418.40. Dairy markets were mixed yesterday, mostly lower. However, barrel cheese was up two and a half to 173 and a half. The blocks down two and a quarter at 176 and a half. Butter up a cent and a half, 337 and a half. Class three prices were down yesterday. October down two at 1686. November down 29 at 1783. December down 20 at 1789. January down 18 at 1797. And February down a nickel at eighteen thirty-five. So that's where we are as far as the uh, 
early morning look at the markets. Man, those cattle futures really went down. You got any contracts? You don't contract, do you? No, I don't have enough to contract. All right. But uh, for those that do, wow, they went down yesterday. All right, coming up, Jill had a chance to talk to the royalty of the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. Big event coming up as they select the royalty for the new year. We'll hear about that right after we have some good Wisconsin cheese. Also, should say that on Friday, if you follow me on Facebook, you saw some pictures we put up of the uh, new dairy processing facility at the UW River Falls, a, a multi-million dollar, multi-year project that uh, the naming rights to uh, the Wheatrick family and Grassland Dairy over in the Greenwood area, they made a major contribution in the seven-figure range. And uh, they were there for the dedication of it on Friday. We'll also, uh, in the next few days, hear from the folks, that the dean, Trevor Wheatrick, who obviously is the uh, the lead person, the man in charge now at Grassland Dairy, plus uh, some other folks. But uh, again, look at those pictures. State-of-the-art. Boy, I'll tell you, that's uh, a learning facility for those students that want to get into the area of dairy processing that is second to none, a really world-class facility and is right here at the University of Wisconsin River Falls and again we'll have more on that but we're going to hear about the Northern Wisconsin State Fair coming up I ended up with some early morning guests just yesterday Hannah Tambernino she is the Northern Wisconsin State Fair Fairs to the Fair for 2023 now there's a deadline coming up for the next fairs for the Northern Wisconsin State Fair when is that? Yeah, so the deadline is due on this Friday, the 27th, for you to get your applications in to be the 2024 Northern Wisconsin State Fair, Fairest of the Fair. And where do I find out that information? Yeah, if you go right to the Northern Wisconsin State Fair website and then you type in at the like bar, Fairest, right in that area, you'll find the application and then you can send it to our chairperson, Emily. You've been... The Fairs to the Fair for 2023 for the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. You've done this for two years because I interviewed you as an attendant. Mm-hmm. You've put two years of service into this. Why? Um, I really have found a lot of enjoyment in having a, uh, being a role model for the youth and being somebody that everybody can look up for, to. And if you're at the fair, knowing that there's somebody you can go to if you might be in trouble. So it just is a very rewarding job for me. Do you like to wear the crown, too? I mean, I guess that is a good part of it. <laughs> so tell me again, where do we find this application? Yeah, go right to the Northern Wisconsin State Fair website, type in at the top bar, Fairest, and you'll find it right on that webpage. And that was Hannah Tambernino. And I also have Allie Lehman in the studio this morning, and she is the Fairest attendant for 2023 for the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. Why did you want to be part of this delegation. I wanted to be part of this program because I wanted to help promote the fair and get more people to attend the fair. You are out and about at the fair. I've seen you. What are some of the funny questions that you've gotten? Why are the animals at the fair and what do they do at the fair? And so you kind of make a little bit of a connection with the general public and the people that are exhibiting, right? Yes, ma'am. To wrap up this year of service, with the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, you guys are having an event. Yes, ma'am. We want to invite the public to our 2024 crowning and gala, Halley Town Hall, at 5 on November 4th. And what happens at the gala? We will choose our 2024 fairest and our 2024 attendant. I hear social hour. 
Are you serving a supper too? Yes, supper will be at six. And who's catering? Buyers. Sounds delicious. Tell me once again, when, where is the gala and what are you going to be doing It there? is at the Old Halley Town Hall on November 4th at 5 with dinner starting at 6 where we will crown our 2024 Northern Wisconsin State Ferris to the Fair and our 2024 Northern Wisconsin State Fair Ferris to the Fair attendant. And this is open to the general public? Yes, ma'am. You can buy tickets at the fair office, and they are $15 a piece. Sounds like a good event for Chippewa Falls. And I was lucky enough to have Allie Lehman in here and Hannah Tambernino from the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, Fairs to the Fair 2023. And I'm Jill Welke from Wax 104.5. All right, so that's coming up. Those two young ladies have uh, done a great job representing the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, and I'm sure the... uh, The new selectees will do an equally good job coming up. So, again, get out there and uh, support them at the uh, Halley Town Hall. You can't miss. Were you ever a queen or a princess for (laughs) the fair or the breed of cattle or anything like that? No. You were never into that stuff, were you? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I'm not into crowns and dresses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like the gown you have on this morning. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Strapless variety. Uh-huh. Very much so. <laughs> oh, it's warm this morning, so you know you get what you get. Yeah, that's right. It is nice out there, that's for sure. But it'll change. We got some rain. 67 today. That's going to be the high. We've also got news to take a look at. Jill's in the cattle business, and uh, she kind of likes what we're going to talk about as we take a look at the news in the world of agriculture on a Tuesday morning at WAC. For 35 years, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, our farm news brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. And Jill, what's going on in the cattle business? Well, last week, the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service released their cattle on feed report. And as of October 1st, 11.6 million head of cattle and calves are in feedlots of 1,000 head or more an increase of just 1% compared to October 2022. It is also the second highest October 1st inventory since the series began in 1996. Steers and steer calves make up 60% of that total. Cattle placed in feedlots in September totaled 2.21 million head. That's up 6% compared to 2022 numbers. Marketings of fed cattle during September totaled 1.66 million head, That's 11% below last year. And an Oklahoma State Ag Economist is predicting good cattle prices for the next, for last year's, for next year's, uh, for years to come. And you wrote that script. I know, and I can't seem to read this morning. He's predicting good cattle prices, and they will last for years to come. Darrell Peel, extension, Livestock Marketing Specialist at Oklahoma State University stated the increase in cattle prices this year actually started last year as cattle numbers dropped. The national cow herd is getting smaller according to the mid-year 2023 cattle inventory report, and there are no indication the cow herds are starting to rebuild. Females that usually end up in the reproductive herd are ending up in feedlots because of recent droughts, scarce hay supplies, and high beef prices. Currently, we have the smallest beef her- beef cow herd in the U.S. since the early 1960s. Peel thinks rebuilding won't start until 2024. And once that starts, cattle supplies will be even tighter because more of those heifer calves 
will be kept for breeding purposes. Beef production was down 4.5% to 5% this year and is predicted to be down, to drop another 6 to 8% in 2024 because of the rebuilding of the cow herds. Cattle prices are expected to say, stay at high levels throughout much of the rebuilding time period, which is expected to be slow. So they're going to rebuild, but it's still not going to be a fast process. No, they don't have the hay sheds full yet out there. It's still uh, been dry. Hopefully they're getting some moisture because pastures are brown and, and non-existent and not a lot of not a lot of hay. All right, thanks, Joe. Coming up, the Kansas Department of Ag. Kansas wants to have more dairy cattle, more dairy farms. We'll hear what that's all about next right here on Wax. Since Wisconsin is America's dairy land, many other states that want to grow their dairy production look to us as an example of how to move forward. Sometimes there is also the hope that they can attract businesses or individuals to their state to help in that work. One of those states is Kansas. Kansas is already well known as a rich agricultural state, and they are looking to grow dairy. Next year, Hillmar Cheese will go online with a new cheese plan in the state, which will help spur the dairy growth they are looking for. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars, and I'm speaking with Russell Plashka, Director of Marketing for the Kansas Department of Agriculture. Plashka speaks on the current state of Kansas agriculture and how they're hoping to expand dairy within their state. Russell, can you tell me, what is the state of agriculture in Kansas right now? What kind of a year have you guys had? It's been a mixed bag year. As most people have known, if they kept up on the news, our weed harvest, especially out in western Kansas, was not what we hoped it would be. Lack of rain, drought early on. We had some late rains come in, and a lot of folks had already zeroed out that weed and was looking at, all right, now we can plant some corn or we can plant some sorghum. We can get a second crop in there. And then we started seeing some rains come. So they have had a fairly wet summer, and then the freak storms started coming in. We had some really bad hailstorms that hit northwest Kansas and that far west central part of the state that really wiped out a lot of crops and again zeroed out on insurance. So fall harvest has been kind of hit and miss, depends on where they're at. In general, our western side of the state has received a pretty good fare of their rain this year, whereas our eastern side of the state that normally receives about 40 inches of rain per year, they're in a D4 drought. So they're still on that drought monitor as a D4 drought. Times are tough. It's impacting the crops, of course, as well as the livestock. So there's not any stock water. A lot of ponds have gone dry. We've even got some rivers that supply local water sources that are in that desperation stage or that stage that they really need to conserve water. So we could really use some rain in that southeast part of the state. Now paint me a picture of what the dairy landscape is like in Kansas. How is it similar, perhaps different from Wisconsin? Well, I've always said that Kansas is a tale of two dairy states. We've got the eastern side, this, what I call our generational dairies or smaller, more traditional dairy farms, what we might see around this area of Wisconsin and Iowa and, and Minnesota. But in western Kansas, that's where we've seen a lot of influx over the past 25, 30 years of those dairies that are moving out of California. They may have migrated to New Mexico or Texas or even Arizona and now they've come up into Kansas. So we've seen a large increase of that. Our dairy numbers are actually dairy farms are right now around 185 dairy farms. 
but our cow numbers have continued to go up, and that's mainly due to the expansion of those larger dairies in western Kansas. So along with that, the past 25, 30 years, in partnership with the Western Kansas Rural Economic Development Alliance, CREDA for short, we've partnered with them, attended World Dairy Expo, World Ag Expo in Tulare, California, and to recruit dairies, and it's paid off. So about three or four years ago, talk started with Hillmar out of Hillmar, California, and they have a processing plant in Hillmar, California, Dalhart, Texas, and we're just going to open one in Dodge City, Kansas next October. So plans are to take their first load of milk in then. What is that going to mean for the state of Kansas? How is it going to impact you guys? What are the numbers of what they're going to be bringing in? The numbers are quite large. So we're talking 8 million pounds of milk a day. So that is a cheese manufacturing plant. So they're going to be making 40-pound cheese blocks to be processed by other manufacturers after that. So it's really going to be an influx of cows. The biggest thing, the benefit that we saw right away was that Hillmar was gracious enough to work with a lot of the dairies that are in that southwest region already to allow them to expand. So we have three or four dairies that are going to expand. We may have some new greenfield dairies come in and build new, but not as many as we originally thought because they've also said there's kind of that oversupply maybe in that southwest part of the state that's been going to Dalhart that'll maybe come to the Dodge City plant. So it's going to be a boom for the southwest part of the state, another market for our dairy farms and their milk to go. But along with that, an increased demand on services, manufacturers, and so forth. As anybody knows in rural America, housing is a huge issue. So there's a lot of talk about how do we make sure we have the housing and the services for all the new employees, the ancillary services, the support industries as well. How many jobs is that going to bring once it's all up and running? The direct impact, you know, at the plant, about 250 jobs is what they're looking at. And of course, indirectly, those supporting industries, I'd hate to speculate at this point, but it is going to increase the number of service providers in the area as well. And that's going to be the largest plant in the state of Kansas? And if it is, is it also the largest plant in that region, too? It's definitely going to be the largest plant in our state in terms of pounds of milk processed per day. Will you also be bringing in milk from other states to help meet the demand, or is it mostly just going to be within Kansas? As far as what I know is all that milk will be supplied within about an 85-mile radius, so coming as far as far southwest Kansas and then right around the plant itself, about a 60-mile radius, the milk will be coming in. Now, you said there's about 185 dairy farms within Kansas, and your milk cow numbers have gone up. How does that compare with beef numbers in your state? I would imagine that you have more beef than dairy. Oh, yes. Beef processing in the state of Kansas, we're third in the nation in beef processing. We're third in the nation in beef feeding. So a lot of our feed yards in that southwest and western Kansas region, that's where the feed yards are as well. Can you tell me what was the motivation for the Kansas Department of Agriculture to be at World Dairy Expo? For this year, our real focus is about those supporting industries that I talked about earlier. Are there opportunities to bring in companies for whether it's small, short-line manufacturing that can support the dairy and the service industry? Are there service providers that are out there that we don't know about that maybe need to have a presence in Kansas? So that's really our focus. Whereas in years past, it really has been about recruiting dairies to Kansas. In our office, we get calls from as far away as Vermont, Pennsylvania, looking and asking about are there dairies for sale, is there land for sale in Kansas, and of course we have an abundance of land. The problem is, in my mind, our generational dairies, we've got a lot of folks that are transitioning out. They're retiring. Maybe their kids don't want to come back to the farm. They don't want to have anything to do with that dairy. So how do we match up? How do we play matchmaker, for lack of a better word, to bring those dairies in that are wanting to move out of maybe more populated places to a less populated place that may be a little more ag-friendly? 
Can you tell us, from where you sit, from your work with the Kansas Department of Agriculture, what does the future of agriculture in Kansas look like? To me, it's very encouraging because we have a lot of interest in everything across the board. You know, our eastern half of the state is a little more populated, not nearly as populated as you get into these upper Midwestern states. But for Kansas, the western side of the state is very open. You get Salina, that's more in the central part of the state, over to Wichita, the Kansas City area, the Topeka area, our capital area. That's more of the metropolitan area. So we have a great opportunity for specialty crops. So we've got a lot of specialty crop growers. We've got a lot of small dairy farms that are actually looking at on-farm processing. They're doing artisan cheese. We've got some that are looking at pharmaceutical-grade alcohol as kind of that byproduct of being a dairy farm. There's a lot of opportunities right now. Of course, the beef industry has always been strong. It will continue to be strong. Our wheat crops, our sorghum crops are, are strong. We export a lot of those products, as well as our corn and soybean production continues to grow. And most of that corn, I would say, goes into the feed industry in western Kansas. But the future is pretty bright. I mean, we've got a lot of opportunities and a lot of challenges ahead of us, as with a lot of states out in the western and the high plains area. Of course, water is an issue. So how do we do a better job of managing and taking care of our resources, but yet allow those people that are there to continue to sustain and those rural communities to sustain, and then also allow them a chance to grow? And agriculture makes the sense. It's our number one economic driver in the state. $76 billion can be attributed to agriculture total in the total economy. So I'm, I'm excited for the future. It's always encouraging when two strong agricultural states can learn from and support one another in continuing to grow our agricultural traditions. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars. And again, that's uh, Russell Plashka, Director of Marketing for the Kansas Department of Ag, and say he was doing a pretty good job down there at World Dairy Expo. He, he was spitting out the statistics uh, very well to our uh, Nate Zimders, uh, and uh, again, Kansas Department of Ag. A lot of folks down there always promoting their states to move your dairy to our state. They're Kansas, Dakotas, Idaho, a lot of them are down there. 5.30 in the morning. How are the markets doing this week? We'll find out what Monday brought over at Premier Livestock. Rocky's going to join us next right here on Wax. Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's go over to Premier Livestock in Withy, and Rocky Olson joins us. How many horses did you buy on Friday? I didn't buy any, but we sold uh, right at 200. So. Did you really? Yep. Riders, drivers, workhorses, drafters? Yeah, m- m- mostly the drafts and drivers. Okay. So. All right. A lot of them that'll get you to town, huh? That's right. That's right. Oh, that's good. Kind of like us in a fast car. You yeah, know? there you or are. convertible. So how heavy did the rain come down overnight? Uh, Over Lublin. Didn't have no gauge out, but uh, it looks wet and kind of nasty out there, and the thunder was booming this morning. Yeah, got your attention, that's for sure. Well, get our attention. Good cattle prices? Bob. All right, and the machinery sale is uh, nope. getting close. It's getting close. It's getting close. Maybe we're going to have a rainy week. Everybody have time to do some hauling. There you go. That's. Uh, it looks like a rainy week, so you might yeah. you might be full over there, that's for sure. Hey, thanks, Rocky. Talk to you in the morning. Thank you. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over there. Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Well, as he said, maybe it'll keep raining and they'll be able to haul equipment in uh, this week. And that's what it looks like, I think. But let's find out from the man who knows. 13 first alert weather. Meteorologist Mike Dandrea. And you didn't need an alarm clock this morning to get up, Mike. Nope. Mother Nature gave us all a nice rude awakening, Boy, didn't I'll she? Tell you, between the lights and the thunder, we uh, we had some activity this morning. 
Mm-hmm. And this is a time of year I don't sleep with the blackout curtains, of course. So if I did, you know, I might not have uh, seen all the flashes of lightning to wake me up. Oh, boy, I'll tell you, there's <laughs> nothing better than sleeping during a lightning and thunderstorm. Oh, right. And oh, here we got to get up and go to work. I know. but uh, <laughs> well, So what's ahead? It looks like kind of that's the way it's going to be this week. Yeah, well, breeze with some light rain in the Eau Claire area. Well, that'll be uh, late for the first hard frost, what, Sunday night into Monday morning down into the 20s? Yeah, and uh, like you said, it has been uh, quite, a, it's due, put it that way. Yeah, oh, that's for sure. We've had some very mild mornings. We certainly have, and uh, so rain's not through yet all day long. No, we've got uh, we've got quite a few chances. It'll be interesting to see the drought monitor come out on Thursday. Yeah, it'll change in a hurry, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But we need some moisture, that's for sure, going into winter. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. There he goes, Mike Dandrio over there at Skywarn 13. As we look at our markets, our weather, and our news, that's coming up next with Morgan, courtesy of Farm First Dairy Cooperative. Midwest Farm Report. 23 minutes before 6 o'clock, we're going into the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us. Good morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, guys. How's and the barn? Question for you. Mm-hmm. You uh, you know, you're familiar with Marika Gouda and that commercial. Oh, very. And, you know... <laughs> Where did this term charcuterie board come from? For me, it was always a cheese and sausage tray. Or meat and cheese tray, yeah. Yeah, but it's a charcuterie board. Where did that come from? All of a sudden, it's here. I I don't know where it came from. It's all in the presentation. I think it's a fancy way of saying meat and cheese tray, basically. But what does charcuterie mean? I mean, where did that word come from? That sounds like something they dream up in Boyceville. (laughs) No, I don't think you want to say most of the words that we dream up in Boyceville. (laughs) I can tell you that right now. But charcuterie, I mean, somebody said, first time I heard that, they said, uh, well, we got to take a charcuterie tray or a charcuterie board. It's basically, well, I think it, it has um, like French origins and yeah. there's, it, it's a guide to building it. What it is, is it's presentation oh, and I it see. has it cured or smoked meats and then cheeses added. So there is a little bit of a science and an art hmm. to putting them together. But, you know, as most things in Wisconsin, we've been doing it for years, just calling it snacks, lunch, That's meat right. and cheese. There you go. Yeah. Get the cheese and beer out for the ball game. But being the sophisticated young lady you are, I knew you'd know the answer. Well, I'm here to help. Oh, that's right. What else do you know? Well, let's can hard for us, and so are Bob and Jill. And your Midwest Farm Report on Wax, 104.5. little ham, little cheese in the grill. Oh, that's a good sandwich. Isn't, isn't it, it, though? I do. Oh. And every once in a while, I remember my great-grandma would add a slice of tomato to it. Ooh, that sounds um, good, too. Up in oh. the ante a little bit for you. Boy, now I'm hungry again. Okay, see <laughs> I'll you get, later. I'll get frying back oh, here good. for yeah. you, okay? All right, see you later. <laughs> you bet, Bob. There goes Morgan McCarthy, of course, in the newsroom, a fount of knowledge. Jerry Clark, who is uh, Chippewa Dunn, Eau Claire County Crops and Soils agent, is with us, coming in from up in Chippewa County. How's the rain doing out there now? It was raining when I left the house, but it had quit by the time I got here. So, All right. But a lot of lightning. Yeah, I guess so. It lights things up, that's for sure. Well, I would imagine <laughs> the harvest is going to slow down significantly. I would think it's going to stop uh, for a couple days now. And uh, talking to, to guys that have been trying to get beans out without a frost, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to, hard to combine those beans. They just kind of shred the stalk. You can't cut the stalks. No, no, it's pretty tough out there right now. And I yeah. think uh, we're, I would say, across the three counties, maybe 80% complete with beans yeah. and some had switched over to corn they're I'm just going to have better burn. yields than i thought i would we're hearing really good yields on the soybeans i yeah. think uh, even some dry land sand is getting around 40 yeah. uh, in a lot of 
And that's good with the moisture we had, that's for sure. Not a lot to work with. All right. Nutrient pest management. That's always, I don't know, controversial is the right word, but, uh, you know... (laughs) What uh, what's going on? But we got an update on on that. Uh, some more research has provided some good stuff. What's that? Yeah. So uh, the nutrient pest management program, uh, which is part of UW Madison, and then in conjunction with the Extension Division of Extension, produces quite a few new publications every year. As far as um, some of the research, new data, they're able to compile that into these nice little fact sheets. And one thing, if you ever uh, have dug into the nutrient pest management resources, there's a lot of them. So every time there's a new uh, update or any type of uh, publication that's out there, that that's available. But so now they've what they've done is take some of the more popular ones, such as the pest management uh, fast fact page, the nutrient management pages, the cover crops, all of those kind of things that are more popular or more frequently used. They put that into like a magazine type of format. So it's all in one place. You don't have to have all these different... Uh, so can you get it as a magazine? Now everything has got to be downloaded. Can you actually get yeah, it as a magazine? Yeah, this is a hard copy. And okay. actually, I got my hands on several of them not too long ago. So right. uh, it's not a subscription type thing. It's no, just a no. resource the university has. So most of your county offices should have them. Okay. But and it's, you've uh, got them distributed in Chipwood, Dunn, and Eau Claire? Yeah, we'll put them out. Uh, okay. We'll bring them to meetings. They're pretty handy. I think it's a nice way to have everything in one nice yeah, location versus having all of these you know individual flyers that we usually hand out at our meetings have you had a chance to look through it and see oh i didn't see this before i mean have you seen yeah some updates so, that have caught your attention yeah so one that was relatively new uh to me was the the cover crop selection card so there's a couple of those that uh especially with this cover crop folks are looking for the right mix or the right crop or the right plant to for a certain situation whether that's to build some soil organic matter whether to loosen up the soil um the whole soil health uh, movement. Uh, there's cards in there, at least uh, what were cards, and now they're part of this magazine. Kind of lays out pretty specifically if you're what your goals are, and then kind of has a nice list of the the crops or the plants that you should probably be planting to try to achieve that goal on your farm. And it gives you the planting schedule and yep. everything else. Yeah, it's all pretty handy. And what's nice about these, uh, you know, they're all research based. And if you were to look at the research. Uh, a journal article or the, the the research component, those are very lengthy. These shorten it right down to, here's what we learned, here's what the farmer needs to know, so you can kind of go to that recommendation or that um, that uh, management mm-hmm. piece that'll help that, far, that specific uh, decision. So they're out now? Yep, yep, they're out now. I got uh, several of them in my office. If anybody wants one, we'll try to mail them out, but we'll be bringing them to some meetings here. Uh, the, the Badger Crop Update meeting is the end of November. It's going to be here in Eau Claire. I'm sure we'll have a pile of them there. Oh, what's uh, that? What's that meeting? So the Badger Crop Update, um, Bob, as you remember, we used to have the Pest Management Update, yep. the Nutrient yep. Management Update, and the Agronomy Update. They've rolled that into one meeting now. Oh, okay. And so that'll be November 30th at the Best Western, just south of Eau Claire here on 37, just oh, off sure. 37. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll be an all-day meeting. Uh, registrations just came out, so that's open. Um, it's all online. Uh, so if you just go to our Crops and Soils uh, web page for Division of Extension, you'll find it. Uh, it's about, I think the registration is $125 for the full day. That's lunch, breaks. Uh, I think there's eight or ten specialists coming up that day. Part oh, of that's pan- good, because they don't get here very often yeah, anymore kind of, like they used to. Yeah, that's been kind of the goal, is to yeah. pull this, that core, well, anybody that, uh, those specialists that can make it those days are pretty much going to be on hand. Good. Um, and they're spreading these out around the state. I think there's uh, four different Pers- uh, in-person meetings, 
there is one of those that'll be broadcast as a um, online yeah, type Zoom of meeting. Zoom or meeting, or, yeah, whatever. it'll be a live type of event. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. All right, uh, so we'll get those nutrient pest management update catalogs, magazine. I don't know how you describe it. Yep. And yeah, we'll get that out, and uh, we'll get you more information on the Badger update meetings as uh, we get a little closer. Yeah, good stuff. That's for sure. Thanks, Jerry. All right, thanks, Bob. Jerry Clark, Chippewa County, Dunn County, Eau Claire County, Crops and Soils agent with us this morning. Fifty-two degrees right now. We've got rain in the forecast today. We've also got some markets coming up. I've been the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before 6 o'clock, 52 degrees out there, and it's time to head to Sparta and equity to hear from Hut Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the higher than choice beef steers and heifers, 182 to 190. The choice and select beef steers and heifers, 166 to 181. The beef and dairy cross steers, 160 to 180. The higher than choice Holstein steers, 155 to 162. Choice and select Holstein steers, 144 to 154 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers, $1 to $1.43. Cow market steady. Quality beef slaughter cows up to $1.15. The higher than slaughter dairy cows, 95 to 110. Cutters and utilities, 79 to 94. With the low yielding and canner cows, 33 to 78 cents. Organic market today with the results from the October 23rd sale. With the higher than organic slaughter cows, $1.30 to $1.60. The thin and small organic cows, 90 to 129. With the organic steers and heifers, 150 to 175. Bull market steady. Most bulls bringing $1 to $1.15 with a thin full and bulls over 2,200 pounds. Discounted at 99 cents and down. Calves sold by the pound day with a steady to softer market with a quality Holstein bull calf bringing 225 to 325. The quality Holstein heifer calf is 75 to 150. The quality beef bulls six dollars to 750. Quality beef heifers 550 to seven dollars with the light and poor quality calves 10 cents to a dollar per pound. Just a reminder: our next sale will be Wednesday, October 25th, starting at 10 a.m. Starting with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut aiming at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. More markets. Let's get over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. How much sleep did you get last night with Mother Nature outside your windows? Well, good morning to you, Bob. We got a, quite a bit of sleep until about uh, 3 o'clock. <laughs> then, it, then it hit, huh? Lightning, thunder, and heavy rain. Yeah, because I was laying in bed, and I thought, what the heck? Is there something wrong with the furnace or something? And oh, no, then we see that. <laughs> uh, stop now. The rain's still coming, or has it slowed down a little bit? Well, it's slowed down a little bit yet. But uh, and one thing I've noticed, too, since uh, probably have gained about four degrees already going up. You yep, know, so. yep, it's warming up. Some folks probably going to get 70 today, but then by... Uh, Oh, next week at this time, it's uh, probably going to be a little bit cooler out there. So, anyway, well, how'd day one go over Stratford this week? It dropped yesterday on the Merck. I wonder what precipitated that. I don't know. When I saw those numbers, too, I thought, whoa, there's uh, something. But you talk about the cattle herd is shrinking and the cow herd is down and not going to grow real fast. What brought that on? I don't know. But uh, it got my attention, too. We're going to have to look into it. So, we'll... We'll do that. You do it, too, and maybe we can come up with an answer. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. Uh, you guys enjoy the day, and, uh, well, I stay dry. I guess the old convertible stay in the garage today. Yeah, not going very far, that's for sure. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at our Synergy Co-op Market Report this morning. First of all, with the grain, yesterday the markets were lower. Brazilian planting progress, depressing corn prices. Also, harvest pressure across the board. 
December corn overnight down two cents at four eighty seven this morning. Oats three eighty five. December wheat down three five eighty four. November soybeans down a penny at twelve eighty five. And December meal down two ten a ton. $418.40. At the Country Elevators today... Northside Elevator, new crop corn at the Loyal location. Corn's at 442 with soybeans at 1206. At the Arcadia location, corn's at 442 with soybeans at 1216. Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn's at 432 with soybeans at 1214. At the Connersville location, corn's at 437 with soybeans at 1209. On the DTN screen, corn at Golden Plump today, 448. And looking at Baldwin, 438 on the corn, 1205 on the beans. At Durand and Fall Creek, corn's 433, beans at uh, 1195 in Durand and 1195 in Fall Creek. Mondovi, 438 on the corn, $12 for the soybeans. Elmwood is 443 and 1205 at Osseo. Corn's 448, beans 1205. Elk Mound, corn 433, beans 1215. At Sparta, 439 on the corn. $12 on the beans and at Ellsworth, $4.23 and $11.85. Ethanol plants today. Corn at Boyceville and Stanley, $4.48 and Richmond, $4.43. Barrel cheese up two and a half yesterday, $1.73 and a half. Blocks down two and a quarter, $1.76 and a half. And the butter up a cent and a half at $3.37 and a half. Class three prices traded lower. October down two at $16.86. November down 29 at $17.83. December down 20 at $17.89. January down 18 at 1797, February down 5 at 1835. And again, if you're traveling west this morning on the interstate, be careful. You get over west of uh, Menominee, they had a terrible accident over there. The police are still evidently trying to clean it up, so some of the on and off ramps are closed over there. So you might want to take the other way around. If you're going over to the Twin Cities, get off there and go west of Menominee out there, and uh, you'll get there. But again, they got some problems on the interstate going west so be careful 52 degrees no 54 degrees right now get about 67 today and uh, there's more rain in the forecast you've been listening to the midwest farm report available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day brought to you in part by bluff country feed and seed and montovi and the chilson family of ram dealerships chippewa falls and kadok on-demand content at waxradio.com